Hi, you guys. It's Stephanie Colvin. I so much appreciate your support and you guys tuning in and listening to what we're doing at this point with the LDS Real People Real Lives podcast, and that is to reach out to others in the faith who are just looking for some support in their faith and journey, maybe looking for supplemental resources um, to continue to help edify and uplift. And so I wanted to, I felt very strongly uh, today to share some of the things that we've been going through as we follow Come Follow Me for this week and focus on keeping the faith. Um, And we distinctly can read in the Book of Alma and the Book of Mormon that when we don't keep the faith and our faith wavers, the consequence to that, and then when we do keep the faith and our faith is steadfast and built upon that rock, we also know the consequences to that. So I just, after reading that and kind of understanding and just really contemplating and pondering everything that's been going on this week. This week has really been such a tremendous trial for me. And it seems like every single day there's some sort of something going on. Now, you all know that we live with mental illness in our family and it's present and evident every day in our lives. It's it's a constant for us. And so we've had to learn to live with it and still find our moments of peace and joy and comfort and serenity. Um, But this week, for whatever reason, things have just kind of increased and been exponentially difficult. Um, Starting off with my father-in-law, who's been in a board and care home Uh, because he has extreme neuropathy and he's only independent in feeding himself and so we needed to get help and uh, the owner of the board and care home we know and we felt very comfortable putting him in the board and care home he has excellent care as a matter of fact kind of a side note to that story is when his my husband's dad was living with us he was getting sick and having issues and I could tell that we were having more issues with his health. And in June of 2018, I was visiting my parents at their home and I had asked my dad to give me a blessing because everything was a lot as his health continued to deteriorate. And in that blessing, my dad had said, um, as related by the spirit of God, the Holy ghost, that his dad would continue to get ill and decline in his health, but that he would be put in a place where he would be happy and he would have the best of care. And later on that year of 2018, it was September, that we had to find a place. And originally we were looking for a place that was very close to us. Now we live... Inventura, which is the northernmost part of Southern California. It's a beach town and things are very, very expensive here. And so as I was getting ready to put him into this um, long-term care facility um, that was very, very expensive and I knew it was going to be very hard for us to sustain that financial uh, obligation, lo and behold, my father-in-law had called me and said that he had reached out 
to his friend who owned these homes just 45 minutes east of us and that they had a private room for him. They had reduced the cost of the room for him and it's just worked out perfectly and he has the best of care and I don't have to worry about him at all. And that is so reassuring. Anybody who has a parent or a parent-in-law um, or grandparents who have been in these type of situations where they have to go into these homes or a long-term care facility, um, just having that peace of mind, knowing that they're being treated well, they're being treated right, and that they're very well cared for. And in this particular home, the guy that runs it has a lot of faith. And so he's singing, he's sharing scriptures, and they get to talk about faith um, often and just reinforce all of their experiences and the things that they're going through with prayer and faith and talking about Christ. And we so much appreciate that. So going back to the present last Monday, we got a phone call stating that um, my father-in-law was admitted into the hospital. Now with the COVID-19 continuing to go on, we are still on a stay at home order, which was reinstituted, I think, around the 4th of July, and then we had a few days reprieve, and then it was once again put in place because of the escalation in COVID-19 patients here in California. So we can't go see him at the hospital. And anybody who knows and understands having an elderly parent or a family member or a friend in the hospital is that they need an advocate. And thankfully, his caregiver, who's also the administrator for the home, is on point he's a very intelligent man he's a very caring man he works his tush off and i could trust that he was taking really good care of him staying on top of the nurses his care they were thinking that he may have uh, parkinson's so they were trying out some alternative medications and um, i only knew that he was staying on top of it honestly because i was uh, receiving a text message once a day from him, but I was also calling the hospital and talking to my father-in-law as well as his nurse um, to make sure that the communication was clear. So fast forward to this weekend and my father-in-law was uh, transported back home Friday evening, late Friday evening. And I see how his caregiver has just taken excellent care of him. And I'm so grateful for this, this blessing, but it was very stressful because you know, we care so much about him and what he, he is going through and what we can do for him. How do we get him the best of care? How do we make sure that his needs are tended to? You know, what's going on over here? What is this infection for? And it can be really stressful. On top of that, we have another situation with my younger son who purchased a truck from an individual here in Southern California and showed us a smog certificate that was only three days old. Well, we got home, um, this was summer of 2019, so last year, and we went to go register the truck and found out that it needed to, of course, be smogged. So we go to get it smogged, and the computer kicks it back saying that it needs to be seen by the referee. California has these massive restrictions on emissions for vehicles, and it did not pass because the ECU, which is the computer for the truck, had been tampered with. So here we are a year later, still trying to get this truck to work, still trying to figure out what we need to do to find an ECU that will work with his vehicle. And then to top it off, we had taken the original ECU, the computer for the truck, to AutoZone to 
um, have it rebuilt and refurbished like you would a cell phone and uh, they lost it so now we can't use the truck at all it won't start it won't run it won't drive nothing and it's just been one headache after another with this truck and I've had to sit down with my son do a lot of research try to find pick apart places talk to Ford service managers um, being referred from one person to another person to another person and all of this is just super stressful and then to add insult to injury on top of all of this, and remember, on a daily basis, we're already dealing with so much because mental illness is very prevalent in our family. I received an email from a lawyer's office Friday morning stating that our energy company here in Southern California, and they are called Southern California Edison, um, is going to sue us for the loss of money so in March of 2018, we had a tree fall over our home that was over 80 feet tall. And we have a brink on our backyard. It was not on our property. It took down the power lines and now SCE is trying to recoup that money back from us. And so, I mean, and those are just the things that I can remember. On top of it, my husband's truck has been in the shop for two weeks and this guy that does the work for us is very talented he's a fabricator he loves to create and invent um, and he built us a custom suspension for my husband's truck and um, you know the days just kept ticking by and in the meantime while the truck was in the shop with him the check engine light came on in my car and so I'm noticing that my car is running rough, but I can't take my car in until I can get my husband's truck back. So, I mean, it's just, it was just one thing after another this week. And then we had some family stuff going on where there was some contention and drama within the family. And um, fast forward to yesterday, and I was just I, done. I mean, just stick a fork in me. I was just so done and so over it and so sick of all the trials and challenges. And I remember when I received the message from the email from the uh, attorney Friday morning stating that they were going to sue us for the losses. I remember just taking a moment and thinking to myself, like, really? Like, am I not doing enough? Am I not dealing with enough already? And there was a talk that was given a couple years ago and they had encouraged us, it was by one of the general authorities, to stop asking why. Why me? Why now? Why is this happening to me? And to start asking, what do I need to do? How can I help? How can I take care of this? What's the path through this? And what do I need to learn from this? And that has stuck in my brain ever since I read that. And I, I've worked really hard at not asking anymore why me and so because of that my life with all that it entails has actually gotten I wouldn't say so much easier as just more peaceful in the midst of all the storms and the chaos but I have to admit Friday morning when I got that email that was a little too much and I came into my room, I shut the door, and I just fell on my knees and just prayed, Heavenly Father, like, this is, what, what's going on? 
you already know everything that I'm dealing with. How can I deal with one more thing? How can this? And then this clear thought came as like a neon sign in my brain. I do not give you any more than you can handle. And then right after that, I clearly understood that Heavenly Father doesn't always put the trials in our lives. Trials are put in our lives by Him because we have lessons to learn, uh, abilities and talents to acquire, and many more reasons. But we also have trials that we deal with because of our own decisions and the decisions of others. I don't sit here and try to figure out why I have a trial. Was it Father that did it? Was it my decision that did it or somebody else's decision? I just know that Heavenly Father is not going to give me anything that I cannot figure my way through or manage. But I just always hope it's not something that's going to push me to my breaking point and I can't return. And then another thought, right when I thought that, came instantly into my mind. That with Christ, I can do all things. So I immediately went to my LDS library app and I have a few tags under fear not. And I started to read them because I believe with as much as Heavenly Father talks about having no fear in the scriptures, that his clear message to me is to not be afraid, is to not be fearful and to be faithful. So the first part that I wanted to share with you that is my utmost favorite is coming from the Book of Mormon student manual for chapter 6 that covers 1 Nephi 19 through 22. And it says in there that Nephi taught that even though great wickedness will cover the earth during the last days, the righteous need not fear. And that's 1 Nephi chapter 22 verse 17. The righteous need not fear because the Lord's protective hand will be upon them. Never in the course of history has the Lord forgotten his people, nor will he forget them now, for he has graven them upon the palms of his hands. This has been very helpful for me um, to remember that whatever I lack, whatever I don't know, whatever ability I do not have to manage my life and everything that comes with it, that with Christ I can do all things and he will make up whatever I lack, whatever difference needs to be made up. He will be there for us, especially because we are obedient and we work so hard to be obedient and to keep the commandments and do the things that we've been taught to do. Because we know that when you keep the commandments, the promise is, is that we will prosper in the land, that we will be guided by the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, and that we will be blessed and that miracles happen. Another scripture that really helped me is in Doctrine and Covenants, section 6, verse 34. Therefore, fear not, little flock, do good. Let earth and hell combine against you, for if ye are built upon my rock, they cannot prevail. I believe this scripture. And I love the part where it says, let earth and hell combine against you. For if ye are built upon my rock, they cannot prevail. I know I'm a built upon the Savior's rock. And so he's teaching me the power that he has to stand up and stand out for me, for my family. And then we look at Isaiah chapter 41 verse 13. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, 
I will help thee. Isaiah 41.10 Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. These are powerful words that create powerful imagery. And I believe these words. Moving on to Alma chapter 61 verse 21. See that ye strengthen Lehi and Teancum in the Lord. Tell them to fear not, for God will deliver them. Yea, and also all those who stand fast in that liberty wherewith God hath made them free. And now I close mine epistle to my beloved brethren, Moroni. And then the final verse that is very helpful for me this week has been in Doctrine and Covenants, section 50, verse 41. Fear not, little children, for you are mine, and I have overcome the world, and you are of them that my Father hath given me. And that is our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is teaching me that and teaching us that we belong to him and that when we are obedient and faithful and keep the commandments, that he stands up for us and he stands out for us. I'm so grateful for the gospel that teaches me to fear not that we are given scriptures that are loaded with these reminders to not fear. Now, do I believe that we cannot fear 100% of the time? No. But I do believe that once we feel fear, we can immediately go to the tools and resources within the gospel to remind us of the strength and divine power that our Savior Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, and the Holy Ghost have to work on our behalf. And then we know that these, the Godhead, that's all they do is to work to bring to pass the immortality of man and salvation of man. They want us to come back home. So I just wanted to quickly share that today because I know that if I'm feeling this way and my life is this nuts, there's got to be plenty of other people in the gospel that are feeling this way and maybe just need to hear something positive and optimistic, something that's going to help remind them of what's going to strengthen them and build them up so that they can stand their ground and not be afraid and continue to consult the Spirit of God as they move through their trials and challenges and figure out the the solution that would be best for them or their family or whoever's involved in that particular situation. I love the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am so grateful that we live during a time that we can have the fullness of the gospel in our lives. I'm grateful for my prophet, who is such a wonderful, sweet, God-fearing, Christ-loving man that works so hard to put himself in a place to be able to communicate with the Lord personally and make sure that he can guide us because I believe that he loves us each individually, just as the Lord loves us each individually. I'm grateful for the apostles. I'm grateful for all the leaders and for everyone that works within the kingdom of God here on earth so that we can have truth in our lives, so that we can have these teachings. Remember, the gospel is the good word. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You guys have a wonderful Sabbath day.